watched either one. You should, man. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, they... I... I mean, it's Lord and Miller. Uh, we're talking the people who made 21 Jump Street fucking awesome. Right. Like, yeah, there's uh, there's no reason that should be the case. And, yeah, the Lego movie is funny as hell. And the sequel does a lot of really cool stuff. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, uh, hello and welcome to the Watcher's Guide to the Marvel Universe. The show my wife calls the website costs how much a year? <laughs> I'm Max. And I'm JR. Uh, how's it going? Uh, it goes. Um, not a lot of... Not a lot of news, personal news this week. Everything seemed to go okay. And, yep. uh, yeah, we're all good. And yourself? Uh, fine. Fine. Okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um. Alright, what do we got for news, then? Uh, so few things uh number one is uh so marvel comics presents has been doing some wolverine stories and the ultimate the ultimate sort of uh point of all of this is each issue it jumps forward 10 years and it's wolverine preventing this demon called the truth from breaking through into Earth and basically turning Earth into hell. Okay. Um, and he's been doing this basically once every year. He and this woman were getting teleported to, like, the worst place on Earth to fight this demon, and then she would seal it up. Well, at one point, they fuck. Um, well, that's going to complicate things. Don't do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then she dies. <laughs> that's going to make it but, worse. Uh, it looks like there may be a daughter uh, that's going to be showing up because Wolverine doesn't have enough kids and clones and other shit running around. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and then, like, in number five, it it's set in the 90s and uh, with with the woman who was helping him dead... Uh, I don't know. I forget her name. I'm sorry. Uh, she she dies in the uh, 80s. Is and she so like, a, like a Bloodstone kind of character? Or? Uh, her mother was a sorceress in okay. World War II. It was actually her that Wolverine first met. Uh, and then the daughter took over. Uh, and so it was... She's a, she's a sorceress. Um, okay. And then, so she dies, and then in the 90s, Wolverine is forced to involve the X-Men, and Cyclops dies, like, immediately in the fight against the truth. So, uh, yeah, and then Talisman from Alpha Flight dies as well. Uh, and so the person who was supposed to seal up the truth for another 10 years or whatever... Uh, dies in the fight. So who the fuck knows? Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because it's just like this stuff is all happening concurrent with everything else that's going on. So it's just sort of like as Wolverine is dealing with blank in the 80s, he also has to pop off 
and uh, fight a demon to save the world. Hey, man, so, yeah, I gotta, I gotta take a week off uh, to go do what I do because I'm Wolverine, yeah. and that's the only thing I'm gonna tell you. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much. Ha- but I mean, that's like his mo. It's right. just like, where'd Wolverine go? Who the fuck knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were constant. I mean, that's kind of the way he was in the cartoon, too. It's just like, all right, I'm leaving. At the end of each episode, he'd leave. And then, yeah. he'd, come, and then he'd be there the next episode. And you'd be like, I thought you left. And he'd be like, yeah, but I came back. I had a thing to do. All right. <laughs> you, yeah. You're, you're all right? You need any help with those things? I got a thing to do. I did it. And now I'm back. Yeah. O- okay. Are you okay? Yeah. I am fine. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And now we know why. Um, yeah, there we go. So, uh, I guess uh, this next one is uh, kind of fun. Um, Gerard Jones. Uh, if you're unfamiliar, he he did a lot of work for Marvel and DC uh, if you're a if you're a Green Lantern fan, you're familiar with him because he did a lot of Green Lantern stuff back in the uh, '90s. Uh, well, so he pled guilty to uh, possession and distribution of child pornography and is now doing six years. I thought you said this was fun. This is that fun. was. <laughs> <laughs> It's called sarcasm, Max. Oh, uh, yeah. So, kitty porn. Uh, but no, the the reason I bring this up is not to just be like, "Hey, remember that guy? He likes kids." No. Uh, the reason I bring this up is so Marvel has been doing a bunch of Hulk-related reprints that they're going to be putting out, uh, and one of them was supposed to originally be. Hulk 2099 number one. And then people were just like, wait a minute, didn't Gerard Jones create Hulk 2099 and write the issues with him? And then Marvel was like, shit, we mean it's going to be Avengers number 684. Uh, So, yeah. Um, But, I mean, like, they've been kind of scrubbing a lot both Marvel and DC, they've been scrubbing a lot of his work. Uh, if you if you look at Marvel Unlimited, Hulk 2099 is not on there. Um, oh. uh, DC has, after he pled guilty, they scrubbed a lot of his, uh, his uh, work from upcoming re-releases and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just, it's like, oh shit, we shouldn't put that one out. Uh, oh. So yeah, uh, instead of, it, they're doing like dollar reprints of a lot of Hulk-related things. Uh, <coughs> instead of Hulk 2099 number one, it's going to be Avengers number 684, which is like the lead-in to Immortal Hulk. So, yeah. Well, it, it, I don't really blame Marvel for that one. I mean, they caught it, and they pulled yeah. it. <clears throat> I don't blame them in like a they and they because it's a it's a massive undertaking that they're constantly doing and especially with like all the it's hard to control V control X 
for or control F on the entire company and like mm-hmm. everything we've got in the pipeline, if it's got his name on it, pull it now. You're gonna miss some things. And right. they when that got put out and then people were like, Hey, um Oh shit, nope. Like, yeah, it was like at least three at days. Least, at least they pulled it. Yeah, so yeah. I'm cool. It was if like they, it, the the dickhead move would have been to double down and be like, no, no yeah. we're gonna release it because it is important to Hulk history. And it's like, no, 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 just pull it. It's way easier, guys. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you'd fight this. <laughs> yeah, 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 and uh, yeah. Uh, so another bit of uh, news. Is that uh, Cena Grace, uh, who was who was the writer for Iceman's solo series, mm-hmm. um, came out and he was he was talking about the issues that he had with Marvel. Um, he he wrote a post on Tumblr talking about how um, with the end of Pride Month coming up uh he felt it necessary to detail the issues uh they had with or the he had with marvel um he he says uh between iceman's cancellation and its subsequent revival marvel reached out and said they noticed threatening behavior on my twitter twitter account only after asking me to send proof of all the nasty shit popping up online. An editor called, these conversations always happen over the phone, offering to provide tips and tricks to deal with the cyberbullying. I cut him off. All he was going to do was tell me how to fend for myself. I needed Marvel to stand by me with more work opportunities to show the trolls that I was more than a diversity hire. We'll keep you in mind. I got so tired of that sentence. Even after a year of the new editor-in-chief saying I was talented and needed to be on a book that wasn't the gay character, the only assignment I got outside of Iceman was six pages long about a version of Wolverine where he had diamond claws. Fabulous? Yes. Heterosexual? Yes. Still kind of the gay character, though. We as creators are strongly encouraged to build a platform on social media and use it to promote work for hire projects owned by massive corporations, but when the going gets tough, these dudes get going real quick. Um, Grayson revealed an editor insinuated Iceman wouldn't survive, quote, if it were too gay, and the book was likely to be canceled anyway, as that's typically what happens with X-Men solo series. Um, so, yeah... It, I suggest going out and reading the the stories about this because it is it's uh it's really hard to read how Marvel just kind of left Grace to twist in the wind um and uh it's it's bad but uh he, sa- he ended by saying he's proud of his work on Iceman and he's unhappy with how detailing his experience might affect the book's legacy. However, he reiterated that as Pride Month comes to a close, quote, the time for self-congratulating is over and folks should be earnestly asking or earnestly listening when they ask, what could we have done better? Right. So, yeah. Um, but... Yeah, that really sucks because there was a lot of hate 
uh, directed at the Iceman book and certainly at Grace as the writer. Um, and, you know, if Marvel is going to hire people to do these books, they can't just, they can't just abandon them when, uh, things get hard. They've got to be willing to stand behind the books they put out and the creators they hire to do it when the, when the creator has done nothing wrong. All the creator did was write a book. Now, Gerard Jones, fuck him. But Cena Grace obviously is a radically different situation and Marvel should have his back. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then the last, the last thing is a lot of things have been happening in war of the realms. Uh, sunspot and Sabretooth died. And Uh then, uh, what's, what's interesting here is, uh, so Jason Aaron, when he was doing Thor, uh, just the Thor book with uh, God Bomb and all of that, um, he flashed for he flashed back and forth between different points in Thor's history, including uh, far into the future with King Thor, who's missing an arm and an eye. Um. And when questioned as to how that happened, there was always like, you'll find out (laughs) like, not just, not just from Aaron, but also from King Thor. Like when Thor's like, Hey, so the arm and the eye, well, it happened. Um, uh, so Yggdrasil, the world tree was thought destroyed, but I guess there's a bit in the sun. And so, Thor, in order to gain the knowledge he needs to defeat uh, Malekith and his Dark Elves, uh, hangs himself from the tree in the sun. And, um, yeah, so he had lost his arm already, I guess, and replaced it with, like, the Destroyer's arm. And then... uh, now his eye has burned away. Um, so yeah, that's how he becomes what we see later. Huh. Okay. Neat. Yeah. Thought I'd use that as a little palate cleanser after Marvel fucks over a creator and oh hey kitty porn. Yeah. So that is. I would much rather see read Thor. Thor this week. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna get to it. But not the best. <laughs> there's a not couple the interesting. Worst, it's not no, but there's a there's a couple interesting things, and I'm kind of, I'm kind of yeah. Yep. Okay. Anyway, comics. Comics. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one fifty three is where we start this week, which is written by Len Wein, penciled by Ross Andrew, inked by Matt Gasposito, colored by Glynis Wein, and lettered by John Costanza. Um, this issue I'm kind of torn on. Um, the framing device is really neat. The fallout is better. And Okay, so the framing device is kind of is a little clumsy, but I'm almost okay with it. 
in a way, um, the I think the thing that ended up striking me was the semi-casual death um, that made me just go, uh, eh, I don't know if I like this, because um, I thought he could have saved him at the end. All right, let's, unless you yeah. have immediate impressions. Well, it's it's a bit, it's well handled if a bit trite. Does that make sense? Yeah, like I suppose so. There's there's things about this story that even if they're not even if the details are not necessarily wrote the whole thing is incredibly tr- uh familiar is sure. what I'm is what I'm trying to get at. So Spider-Man is swinging around and finds a or happens across a cab where the light is blinking SOS. Um Turns out the cabbie is being held at gunpoint, so Spider-Man swings down and deals with them, but in the process, the cab is kind of wrecked, and the the cabbie's like, what the fuck are you going to do? And Spider-Man tries to help, but then he's just like, well, nothing I can do. Bye. I broke it worse. <laughs> Bye. Um, so he goes to school and uh, runs into Flash, Harry, and Mary Jane. Uh, and he's Harry like, Harry hey, is continuing we- to be fucking weird. Like, yeah, like, okay. So the Mary Jane, Mary Jane and Peter have an argument that ends in a semi touching moment, but it's like, you're being crazy. But like the main takeaway from this scene for me was Harry quit it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Cause he walks like- up and he's like, Hey man, can I talk to Mary Jane? And her, do you guys mind if I, talk to Mary Jane real quick and Mary Jane's like maybe you should ask Mary Jane if she wants to talk and I'm like get it girl uh but also yeah yeah uh and and he's like uh everybody's like uh yeah you guys probably need you look like you need to talk she definitely sounds like yeah we'll go and Harry's just standing there watching them and (laughs) yep Flash is like, uh, Harry, come on, let's go, guy. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. This is, this isn't what normal people would do. Bye. (laughs) And he just sort of lilts away. It's freaking weird. Uh, so they have a, she's mad that he left her at Jameson's party the night before, or whenever the last time he saw her he's like yeah last issue he's he's like not defending himself well and she's like well maybe we're done he's like i thought you were gonna fight for this and she's like maybe i've decided you're not worth the fight and he's like you know what okay fine i'm walking away and as he's walking away she's like peter don't go i lied you are worth the fight and he's like you're gonna drive me insane with this bullshit and she's like, I know. Popsicle? And... <laughs> okay, yeah. so good. They're fighting, but they're not fighting. They run into yeah. Ned. Or do, well, you have, the, do you have thoughts? The, so Harry... I'm not... A... I'm not clear. Like, I don't know Harry as Green Goblin well enough to know what exactly is going on here. 
I don't know if like he's doped out of his mind and he's just kind of like, hey guys, how's it going? I'm Harry. <laughs> like, you know. Or yeah. Uh, or maybe if this, this is, is all like him. Is this the goblin yeah. playing at Harry, but he's also so... He's had enough electricity shot through his brain that he's been convinced that he's Harry. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I don't, also, I don't know whether or not this is legit or if this is a ploy. But also, and it's the next issue, so we'll get to it, but I because it's Harry-related, I want to bring it up, is we keep getting introduced to this, like, hobo wandering around, and, mm-hmm. well... Hobo's not nice, or isn't, it's not, it isn't that or accurate. Uh, down on his luck guy, talking about how he needs to get a bottle. And yeah. he tries to mug a dude, uh, but Spider-Man just swings by at the time. I think that's Harry. No. No? You know who that is? Okay. I do. Okay. Yeah. Alright, I it's don't know not, who it's that is. Not, it's not Harry, and it's not Norman. Uh, well, obviously, because Norman's dead and will be for Norman a long time. Will be dead for a while. Uh, but yeah, it is. It is not. It is not Harry. Okay. So, yeah. But right. uh, I kind of want to hold so, on to that one. You know, this one I'm kind of into. I bet it's gonna be dumb, but I'm I'm a little into the mystery here. Yeah, anyway. I'm not. I'm not gonna say who it is. Okay. Um, so they. Ned comes up and he's like, hey, so, and it turns out he is on assignment uh, from the Bugle to talk to this guy, Bradley Bolton, who was a former uh, Empire State uh, football player who was a big deal. Um, Former Empire State football player turned computer magnet, like magnate. And also, like, not just he's good at business, like, he's good at the computers. Yeah. I, I hate this guy. You can't get both, dick. Yeah, no. You don't You don't get to be everything to everyone, asshole. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's a big deal, and uh, Ned is just basically like, I do not understand this computer shit, so do you mind coming along? Maybe. And Peter's like, sure. <laughs> Greasing the wheels a little, and Peter's like, "I actually know this guy. I read his papers. I, but yeah, I would definitely love to meet him." And Ned's like, "Fantastic!" Because I did not read those papers. I was, <laughs> yeah, I was asleep in minutes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and okay, so they're gonna go meet him at the football field, and Bolton's already acting apprehensive, like. Something happened in this football field. He's st- he's already acting weird in his mm-hmm. in his thought bubbles. They walk up pleasantries. Peter, uh, geeks, yeah, Peter geeks out on him, and uh, they basically have a pretty good talk the whole time. Mary Jane's watching from the stands, which mm-hmm. at first I was like, "You're just you're okay, cool. Everybody's cool." Uh, Bolton tells a story about the last time that he played football at ESU, and it's this long, detailed story about how football doesn't work. And he, he so he basically, he's like, you know, we got the ball at the one-yard line, and I had to run 99 yards to 
win the game championship school rivalry mm-hmm. uh, and goes beat by beat for what happened to get down and uh, turns out he got 98 yards and then in the next year <laughs> and then on the next down they fumbled and turned it over to the rival school who then marched it down the field one and I was yeah. like well then you guys suck at football and should have lost. <laughs> I don't watch football that much anymore, and I know that this is not how football works. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's clear. Like, the one problem with it, I, with the, the story, I think, is that given how much, well, the cover is Spider-Man carrying a little girl saying he has to get her all the way down the field. And it is clear that this the story that he's telling is going to be recreated later on in the issue. Like, I'm just waiting for this with higher stakes. And by um, the way, that is not what happens. Oh, no, like, no. That's that, not what... The cover's not what happens, but... The like, cover is a lie. Yeah. The cover is a fucking lie. But, like, um, I knew something like what he just said is definitely going to happen. No, sure. right. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying, like... If you look at the cover and you're like, oh, Spider-Man has to make his way down a football field while protecting this girl from gunmen, that is not and arguably at that all would have representative been of what, what, what happens. Um, so, Bolton gets a note uh, that completely just fucks him up and he's just like, I have to go. Um, and Peter's just like, huh. That's, uh, that's strange. So, Bolton goes and meets this guy, Payne. Um, and Payne is just like, there is a component, which is the last component needed to complete this computer that will track every criminal. And he's referring to one that Foggy has been having built over in Daredevil. Um, Bolton, it turns out, is involved in the construction of this thing. And, uh... They they are holding Bolton's daughter, Mindy, hostage until he gives them the last component. Um, you know, he's just like, hey, you give us what we want, you get your daughter back, everything's fine. Um, that night is the ESU homecoming dance. Uh, Flash and Mary Jane and... Ned and Harry are all there. Um, I like the uh, the narrative box before like setting up the homecoming dance. That is clear that the guys in the bullpen had to go out and ask someone if anybody goes to homecoming anymore. Yeah, like, because it's like you know all the alumni. No, they didn't go because yeah. they got other shit to do and like life is busy. And yeah. but all the students still go, and I'm like, do they? Because I'm pretty sure where I went to college didn't even ha- like had a homecoming, but we didn't do anything for it. Yeah, I didn't live on campus though, so I don't know. Maybe they did. Usually, usually the big thing at homecoming is the game. Yeah, um, and then you get drunk somewhere. In high school, it. there's the homecoming dance, but that yeah. but college, I don't remember that happening. Yeah. Um, so whatever, but uh, so. In the midst of this, it, Peter talks to Ned, which kind of pisses Mary Jane off. 
And then um, Peter has to be like, oh shit, I gotta go. So he kind of he kind of dances her over by Harry, knowing that Harry is going to try and cut in, which he does. And uh, Peter's just like, great, here you go, bye. And Mary Jean's like, what the fuck are you doing? Um, yeah, because Harry's not acting any less creepy. Like, yeah. She, all of her creepo alarms are going off with Harry right Well, now. I mean, like, first I, of all, he's foisting her off onto her ex-boyfriend. Right. With whom she ended things pretty acrimoniously. Yeah. Um, Just because and he's had led his to... brain electrified <laughs> several times. Didn't make that relationship better. Yeah. Uh, so, Peter leaves because he notices that Bolton, like is acting strange at the dance and takes off. So Peter follows him um, and sees Bolton taking a bag out of one of the lockers. Uh, He heads out to the field where Payne and a bunch of goons are uh, standing there with Mindy. Um, Payne turns over... or Sorry, Bolton turns over what... Payne was wanting, at which point Payne's like, I think we'll go ahead and hold on to your daughter for uh, your continued compliance. And Bolton is like, what? No, this wasn't the deal. And uh, Payne's like, you know, yeah, but that's what we're going to do. We're kind of the bad guys. Like, that's (laughs) what we do. Like, I kidnapped your daughter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, you can't, these are dudes who are okay with kidnapping. I think they're okay with lying. Yeah. Um, You cannot be surprised that this happened. (laughs) Yeah. So Bolton says, fuck that, and starts running at pain. Uh, And recreates the 99-yard run with bullets instead of football players. Yeah. Um, and the paneling's the same as on the page. I like that bit of mirroring. Um, yeah. But, and, you know, luckily it is only one page. It's not like it's... If this would have been done today, it would have been the whole goddamn issue would have been both. The yeah, older this, run this and the new run. thing would have taken six issues, and, like, his run would have been like issue an two. entire issue unto itself uh it would have been issue five and then <laughs> issue six would have been like his death and then like spider-man wrapping things up uh but yeah like today this run would have just been like slow motion there would have been all kinds of overwrought narration and it would have just been painfully stupid um this is this is why i say this is this is a very even if this is not necessarily mimicking something that has existed before it's the kind of thing that you look at and you're just kind of like yeah okay i can see how this is gonna go i know what's up like you know what i mean the only thing that sort of surprised me was the absence of spider-man like right and so after he does his run spider-man shows up too late and and the other thing that i was like confused on and i thought i was confused because i was reading it panel by panel but now looking at it page by page i'm like nope 
This is still confusing. At some point after the run is completed here, and then Spider-Man shows up and cleans up some, or fights off some of the goons, at some point, Bolton got sh- shot to shit. Um, he got shot to shit on his run. I think he got clipped a couple of times on the run, but he didn't get, like, holed. Well, here here's the thing. He got shot on the run. They didn't show it yeah. because it's still, like, they can't show, like, bits of flesh getting blown off as a bullet rips through him. But he got shot along the way. Okay. Um, he falls he does... on top of Midney, Mindy, and basically all he wants to do at that point is protect her. Yeah. Um, Peter shows up as Spider-Man, deals with the goons, deals with pain, um, and then checks on Bolton, and he is dying. Um, and he's like, did, it, did I make it this time? And Peter's like, yeah. Yeah, you made it. And uh, Bolton dies. And the... Uh... The last word of the issue is touchdown, which really bugged me, actually. Yeah, yeah, that, that's, that's... Okay, so the last word bubble is, yeah, Doc, you made it the whole hundred yards, touchdown. And it's like, you could have just left the touchdown off, man. That almost yeah, seems like you're making fun of him. Just that's, uh... That's trying to gild the lily, but then discovering that instead of gold, you've used shit. Yeah. Um, we, we've all been there. Yeah. It's just, it's, it, it was a final touch that didn't need to be there and made the whole situation worse. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 154. This issue, who gives a shit? Um, Spider-Man is pissed because Bolton died. Well, real quick. It's penciled by Sal Bushima. Oh yeah. That's it. Um, uh, Spider-Man is pissed because Bolton died, so he's out basically looking for trouble. Uh, runs into a couple, or th- three dudes mugging a woman, and is like, takes the first two out pretty easily, <clears throat> and then the third one he proceeds to almost beat the ever living, beat to death. Uh, yeah. The woman that he's trying to that he's saving stops, like screams out and stops him, and he's like, "Ah, uh, hey, so." A, thank you for, you know, giving me a pause. And B, if we could, like, keep this on the DL, that would be uh-huh. <laughs> um, fantastic. And he's like, she goes, yeah, no, we're cool. You saved my life. I'm fine. You, I didn't <laughs> see shit. And he's like, awesome. Bye. Uh, he goes up and he, he'd set up a camera. And he basically is like, well, these are all toast. Awesome. Um, that's a whole role wasted. I think I'll go find somebody else to punch. It's either that or go home. And nope. Skip to... Well, he, he does. He goes home to get some sleep. Um, and it's... then... Does he? I'm fairly well, sure. Well, I think <laughs> the, the next... The, the, the break after that scene is going to free Flint Marco... So Sandman gets broken out by some goons dressed as the same dressed in the same like getup as the goons that killed that were with Pain when Bolton died. That's the only really important part. 
uh, and Sandman's free. Yay. Yeah. Uh, then we got the thing with the the guy having a hard the time. The random alcoholic. Uh, turned mugger. Uh, and it doesn't he, work. Yeah, he tries to mug a guy, but then he's just like, Ah, Spider-Man, why can't he leave me alone? And he runs off without the guy's wallet. Um, so, Sandman meets with the person who had him sprung. Um and uh whoever it is has him dress in his stupid um frightful four costume uh and he's just like yeah okay whatever and then he's just like uh there's no reason for me to stick around um and then whoever it is threatens him and says no uh we kind of tinkered with your costume, and if you don't do what we say, that's it for you. Uh, so Sandman's like, yeah, okay, I'll do what you want. So, And what he wants um, is to go get another gizmo yeah, from a different place. Some warehouse. Uh, so we switch back to Spider-Man. Um, and... Uh, He's still swinging sure. around looking for... Then this is why I say he's still swinging around looking for a fight. Well, he had said at one point... He had said in the earlier bit that he was going to go home and get some sleep, but... Yeah, so... Uh, but he's swinging around and he's still, like, obsessing about everything going on with Mary Jane and the death of Bolton and so on and so forth. Uh, when he picks up a signal from one of his spider trackers and he's like wait a minute i don't have any of those like out i don't you know so yeah. he follows it and he goes to this uh this lab uh there's a couple of guards who he recognizes the uniform and he deals with them goes inside sets up his camera and is promptly attacked by Sandman. Um, they they fight. Spider-Man does a thing. This is kind of cool. Where he wraps up Sandman in, uh, in webbing. At which point the webbing just kind of deflates. Um, but Sandman, Sandman knocks Spider-Man out. Um, and Spider-Man comes to and he's strapped to a table... And uh, Sandman is saying he's gonna he's gonna freeze him. Um, this cannon is meant to like it's a it's a cryonic cannon meant to freeze people who are ill so that they can be revived later when a cure has been found. So your standard uh, Walt Disney, yeah. <laughs> but that was just his head. Yeah. Um, but so. Uh, Spider-Man's like, well, I can't bust these straps because they're a special whatever. Um, but he, what he does is he manages to flip the table so that the cannon blasts it and then he's able to break the table itself. They fight, um, and then, like, <laughs> Sandman uses one of, uses the costume to make, like, oily sand, uh, which he then slips on, and it causes him to stumble into the path of the into the path of the cannon, uh, 
Spider-Man's like, oh no, tries to turn off the cannon, but it's too late. Sandman is frozen and nearly falls over, but Spider-Man like catches him and he's like, okay, okay, we're good. He's, he's fine. Um, so yeah. And then that's it. Like Spider-Man just takes off. Um, um, Sandman should be such a cool villain, but like in these issues or in the, his appearance is the, I guess that I've read with you guys, he's just not like he should be badass, and it should be yeah. really hard to beat him. Yeah. And because he's so dumb, this happens. Well, that's that's kind of the thing, is that what holds Sandman back is the fact that he's stupid and unimaginative. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, ultimately, Sandman shouldn't need this suit with all of its gimmicks. No. To be a badass. Yeah. He, I mean, any, any decent, uh, villain who had the Sandman's powers would be wrecking shit. Yeah. But Sandman, it's just kind of like, um, I'm gonna make my fist big. Like, yeah, I'm gonna make my fist big, but it's still gonna be a fist. And like, he's all proud of himself that he figured out how to turn himself into sand, slide out from under the web, and you know, if you'd give that to anybody else, they'd be like, "That's day one. That's the yeah. first thing I'm gonna try. I'm mm-hmm. gonna, like, I'm gonna cut off my own arm and then put it back on, and then after that, I'm gonna turn into a pile of sand and flows through shit. Like, yeah. this is wire. That is no- okay, dude. You've had these powers for how long? Yeah." Literally, literally anyone else would have killed Spider-Man first time out. Yeah. But, but William Baker or Flint Marco or whatever he wants to call himself is such a goddamn moron that he is, he's, he's fucking worthless. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Uh, so Master of Kung Fu number 29 is written by Doug Mensch, penciled and inked by Paul Galassi. Uh, colored by Janice Cohen and lettered by Tom Orzakowski. Uh, Shang-Chi comes to talk to Sir Dennis Nayland Smith. Um, and so there are these two characters, Petrie and Reston, who were ostensibly introduced. Uh, Reston we met last time. He just wasn't who he was or who that character kind of isn't the same guy we meet here okay because i was like i don't remember reston because i feel like i would recognize such an annoying ass character reston was in one of the previous issues in a car that picked him up at the airport Um, oh okay and anyway but then like petrie Apparently, if we either skipped or it isn't in the reading, but I don't think it's in the order, because I would have noticed if we skipped Giant Size Master of Kung Fu. I don't I, think it... I don't know. I... I... It would have meant that we skipped three of them, because apparently Petrie came back to life. Because Petrie's yeah. the guy that he killed in... Uh, Marvel the premiere. very first issue. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Petrie's... Okay, so A, Petrie's back to life, and B, Reston is here now, and he has magically become 
in the interim. Reston seems like a bad self-insert fanfic character. Because Reston, Reston, first of all, so he is... (laughs) They can't name them for rights issues, uh, Mm -hmm. because of rights issues. But he is the great-nephew of Sherlock Holmes and the son of James Bond. And he will not shut the fuck up about it. Oh, he needs you to know. Yeah, because he's just constantly like, well, you know, my great uncle would call this elementary. Elementary. And people are like, "Uh uh-huh. And he's like, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Jesus Christ. Sherlock Holmes. I, (laughs) yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, this guy is so fucking annoying. Anyway, um, well, but, okay, we'll have so, lots of opportunities to be annoyed by Reston. Smith, Smith is like, look, um, you want to fight your, you want to fight your father, and that is a very noble goal. What I am going to ask you is for more. He's like, you have the opportunity. To do a lot of good in this world and head off a lot of things that are objectively terrible, even though they're not actually connected to your father. And so Shang Chi is just like, hmm. Um, well, and he's not into it. Like, yeah, he's for, like he's, even when he's being pitched, he's like, uh, like I, I appreciate you, man. Like a. You didn't get mad at me for killing your buddy. Uh, well, you did get mad at me. But, like, there's all this, like, I appreciate you. You've helped me out. Uh, I think you're okay. But at the same time, what you do is not what I do unless they cross. Like, yeah. unless it's Fu Manchu specific, we don't do the same thing. And Smith is like, okay, so well, and let me tell you the, the job. Even even aside from that, this goes against uh, Shang Chi's nature because Shang Chi is purely reactive. Yeah, Shang Chi does not go looking yeah. for fights, and this would require Shang Chi to be a lot more proactive yeah. than he's strictly comfortable being. Um, and but Smith is like, Smith's like, okay, let me at least tell you the job, and then maybe explain why it's important. And Shang-Chi's like, it's your house, I'm here, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, he goes, he's like, alright, so there's this guy, he's, his name is Carlton Velcro. And he is a French heroin magnate. I'm gonna use magnate a lot this this episode, apparently. Uh, and he's a drug trafficker, and we're gonna go destroy all his drugs, and that'll be good. And... And Shang-Chi's like, I mean, sure, that's that sounds great, but I think I'm kind of out still because this isn't what I do. And Smith's like, all right, one more thing. Let's get in the car and I'll, i got to show you something. And he takes him to a heroin rehab clinic. And I, a rehab clinic in the 70s is basically lock you in a room until you're done with the shakes. Yeah. Um, and hope you don't die. And he 
they go and he views yeah, that this is and not he's like, this is not like we're gonna give you methadone to kind of help wean you up. This is like okay, so what we're gonna do we'll shove you in a room with no bed and no toilet and nothing else and you just deal. Yeah. <laughs> like it's got a drain yeah. in the floor. Uh, if you want to take your clothes off before you shit yourself, that'd probably help. <laughs> but I guess don't have to. Uh, yeah, it's not Yeah, great. But the pain is on full display, and Shang-Chi eventually agrees, because he's like, this is... You say if we take down this man, we can mitigate some of this? And Smith's like, yeah. He goes, alright, I'm in. Fuck it. Yeah. Um, and he's... In between then, we get more of Reston being annoying as hell. Yeah. Reston is posing as a buyer named Mr. Blue who will go ahead of them to Velcro's uh, estate. Big heroin ha- uh, like estate slash heroin warehouse. Like, yeah. why would you why would you keep them? I understand you want to keep the heroin where you can keep an eye on it, but like, why would you keep it below you, like in your house? Like, but whatever. Well, so and his house. In- so his house is this grotto in the south of France, which is is seriously like the Playboy Mansion combined with a uh i don't know like a crack house almost it's like and like monaco like it's the playboy mansion but monaco sized yeah and surrounded by a pit of panthers yeah because you know why not i mean sure that has to be easily controlled also the panthers are starving i weep about the lack of cutaway uh, diagrams at this point in time because I want to know what the layout of this place actually looks like because there's like the the panther pit and then under that is the is the nuclear like <laughs> stockpile and then but above the panther pit is the rumo heroin and, and like, above that, in a different building, is the uh, sex pool. Yeah, uh, like, it's just, it's, it's, it's so weird. Uh, but, so Reston, Reston goes on to uh, the grotto and meets Velcro. And Velcro's just like, well, you come very highly recommended and it seems that you check out. But I want to show you what should happen if you turn out to be... Something other than what you claim to be. At which point we are introduced to Razor Fist, who is the dumbest fucking villain. I, he's, I've always thought Razor Fist was fucking stupid. Because, like, I'm not saying this that, like, knives... This is Fist, this is Sword Arms. You should be <laughs> called Sword Arms. Like, you can't wipe... Your own ass, and I I realize that this isn't something they're going to bring up in the seventies. But by the same token, like you, you have to any villain that requires a full time caretaker to be able to do basic things 
is not a villain I find particularly threatening. No. Like, yeah. I, no. I, I do, I'm not worried about this guy because I know that somewhere off panel there is a state-appointed caretaker who's just like, you know, if he has to go to the bathroom, he's like, I, I have to go. And then they're like, okay, well, let's let's go and do this. And then that that caretaker's spirit dies a little bit more having to having to help a full-grown man in a gimp suit with swords for fucking hands wipe his own ass or shake the piss off of his own dick like i i pity like, that human being got, even if he's got like ex- how does he get both swords on like if he had extreme, if he had good prosthetics, like for non-sword related days, um, how does he? You can't get them both off and then but, back he, on. But here's the thing: over the years, we've seen Razor Fist without the swords, and he just—it's just like it's there's no prosthetic. It's just razors. He goes to prison. He loses the razors and uh, and like he's just like he's just a he's just a paraplegic and like why would you this okay. is a weird it's a weird villain it's, it's not it's a, a good stupid villain. fucking villain yeah but anyway so razor fist is just like this is what'll happen this is what'll happen to you at which point he like slices up this statue and then, like, sl- he slices its its lower half vertically, so he's like cutting the dick. And this yeah. is why this is why I started down this path because it's just kind of like, okay, wiping your own ass is one thing, but like, if you have to pee, does he very gingerly like direct it using the like? Yeah. Anyway, uh, so. Reston gets the message and uh, a couple guys are dispatched to take him to his room. Um, he, once he's in his room, shit, uh, he takes a pill out of a false tooth um, because he's English and therefore, no, I'm kidding. Uh, so he, uh, he takes out this, this pill which I guess is a gas bomb because yeah. he distracts the guards, takes takes them down, and then makes his way out into the uh, into the building. But what he does not know is that there's a silent alarm. So Velcro Velcro twigs to this whole thing immediately. Oh yeah. Meanwhile, uh, they uh, they Shang Chi and Blackjack Tar parachute into the grotto. Uh, or parachute down and then follow this underwater tunnel into the grotto. My bad. Um, but like, since Velcro is already alerted, there's dudes out there with machine guns and hungry panthers. Um, but Tar has this concussion bomb, which he uses and knocks them out. Um, Reston arrives in the Rumo heroin. Uh, which sets off another alarm. But also, there is way more heroin 
than he was ready for. Yeah. Like, like he's just like, They were whoa. looking for... <laughs> what? He's just like, whoa. Uh, I was ready for a lot of heroin, but that's a lot of heroin. Yeah, and it's stacked like three times his height. And it must be the whole room. And he's just like, um, I don't, I don't know anymore. Like the whole thing's fucked. We gotta get out of here. And yeah, Shang-Chi. Well, what I like is his plan for dealing with the heroin is to cut it open and spray it with a fire extinguisher. And it's just kind of like, that's one way. I mean, I um, don't know much about heroin, but like, light it all on fire. Yeah. A like, lighter fire's may have? pretty good at doing this. Right. Like, uh, okay. But, uh, so, <laughs> um, Velcro, like, has his men, like, going, going to deal with all of the various issues. Um, Shang-Chi and Tar split up. Um, and Tar's like, wait for my signal, which apparently is going to be an explosion because Tar is immediately spotted by some guards. So he uses a bomb, which makes Shang-Chi go, oh, there's the signal and goes to, goes to head in. You know, I didn't realize when I was reading this the first time how big of a cock-up it is immediately. Yeah. Like, the whole thing is fucked. Like, the operation is screwed from the word go. Yeah, it really is. It's just, like, so completely slapdick. And I realize that some of this, like, they, they cannot... Maybe they don't have detailed files on every aspect of uh velcro's security system so like the silent alarms maybe they couldn't have foreseen maybe they couldn't have foreseen razor fist but some of this it's just like guys come on um so so, we finally get to master of kung fu after after shang chi hears the here's the uh what page are we on this is like page this is like know. the end of the issue. Yeah. This is the last couple pages. And he a fights a couple of guys on a like a stone bridge. The first over one he the throws, panther pit. Yeah, the first one he just jacks directly into the panther pit. Uh, and the second guy, it looks like he breaks his goddamn neck and then throws him into the panther pit. And that's all the kung fu and we get. Yeah. Uh, because at the end of this, Reston is basically captured, recaptured. Velcro knows that there's way more going on here than should in a yeah. heroin trafficking operation. And uh, Shang-Chi is up against Razor Fist. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. <laughs> this this storyline, I swear to God. Uh, But let's go ahead and take a break, and we'll be back with more of this, and I'm sorry. And just to ask if they have something like that, or maybe the issue's 
do? Like you yeah. shoot, they don't. Okay. I I don't know. Oh, I don't okay. know. I haven't checked. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I feel bad anytime I pick up a book that I'm not intending to buy. You know, it's like a holdover from the like almost newsstand days where you pick it up and you're like thumbing through it and you're afraid. You read it, you buy it. Yeah. Heckled at by an old man with a clenched fist. I, you know, I don't, I don't feel any qualms about that. Uh, for a long time, like I was, when I was a broke ass college student, any comics I didn't straight up steal, I, uh, I would read at books a million. I would stand there and just be like, taking up space in the aisle. I didn't give a shit. Like, I'm like, this is the only way this is going to happen. So sorry, guys, whatever. Sorry. Uh, Don't steal comics. It's not a good thing to do. Support creators. Support. Support books that are support books because they they have a hard time sometimes. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, uh, yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, so we're back. Master of Kung Fu number thirty is inked by Dan Adkins and lettered by Artie Simek. And actually, uh, during the reading this week, they announce that Artie Simek dies. Um, let me find it, because I've got a note. Uh, Marvel premiere number 24 actually has a note saying a note in the bullpen saying Artie Simek passed away. Damn. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anyway, so Master of Kung Fu number 30. Uh, Shang-Chi and Razor Fist have a run-in. Um, this fight doesn't suck. Like, and that's, It doesn't. That's the thing that I wish this book was right like i said yeah. this during the break but the thing about this run of master of iron F- or master of kung fu master of iron fist oh god uh, it does it does get very like yeah uh, but the thing that i don't like about this run of master of kung fu is like they do a little a little service to it at the beginning of the issue before where Shang-Chi's like I don't really think this is me like and even Nayland Smith's like yeah it's not this isn't you but I kind of want to convince you to help me anyway and yeah he does but at the end of this book at the end of this story like when they get on the plane and they leave the grotto Smith or Shang-Chi should look at Smith and be like uh, I'm out. Like, you need to take yeah. me home. Uh, this isn't what yeah. I do. And the book should follow him. And, I mean, yeah. the part that sucks is the thing that Shang-Chi does is hang out on the roof of his father's building and assault it occasionally. So there's not much story there. But he's good at it. Um, well, and yeah, I have my own issues, but I'll get to that part. Anyway, um, so this fight is kind of cool because it starts out on a staircase and Shang-Chi breaks off a candelabra off the wall and or a sconce I think it actually is and uses it it's like a four post sconce 
uses it to block the fists a couple of times. They get into a different corridor where uh, Razor Fist goes to stab at Shang-Chi and he catches it with his palms. Uh, yeah, catches he, it between he, his palms. From he discards the candelabra because the wax is dripping and burning him. Yeah. So, yeah. He, palm, um, he, yeah. he catches it with his palms before Razor Fist can stab him, but the other arm comes in, or the other sword arm is coming in, but he shifts out of the way so that he stabs into the wall. Razor Fist stabs into the wall behind Shang-Chi. Now he's only got one arm he has to deal with. Uh, and he ends up breaking that sword. Um, yeah. And... It's really cool. It's like, a, probably the best... It's a good Shang-Chi fight. I, this is... Honestly, I'd say it's probably the best Shang-Chi fight this week. I was gonna um, say that, but then I was like, wait, I can't really remember most the one of the rest Pavane of this was okay but it kind of ended fast this one was I yeah because he like catches her whip anyway whatever um so blackjack tar locates Reston. um they have um hijinks they keep they keep getting surrounded because they suck um so yeah um and uh what i what i love is so razor fist uh razor fist catches up to shang chi again and boxes him in a little bit in front of this statue uh and he tries to stab him again but again gets his sword hand caught in the um in the uh the fucking statue at which point shang chi kicks razor fist in the back of the head which makes him slam his face forward <laughs> into the head of the statue knocking him out and uh, the, the whole previous fight when they were in the corridor shang chi was talking about how razor fist was talking too much which is a common shang chi thing but also yeah. how he needed to emulate the statue with its stony silence and all of that and so when he's got his when shang chi's got his back to the statue he says um i have made the statue my ally and then he catches the sword arm in the statue and then the last thing he says as he kicks razor fist's face into the statue is he goes i make i force him to face my ally which is a good pun and you don't really think that's gonna come from shang chi so like okay so guys, yeah it, i understand it's a bad pun like it's not funny it's all it's made hilarious by it's coming from shang chi like yeah, you're, you're this not is, the guy. This is a shitty. This. this is a shitty action movie line, yeah. and you're like, man, I love you. Yeah, <laughs> I really like this character a lot, um, and I and because I like him, and his sort of stoicness that when he does, and it's in his head. It's not like he says it out loud or anything right. like that. He just. 
to face my ally, and then he kicks him in the head so his face hits the chest. It's great. Uh, but he picks yeah. up an ear off of the statue. Right. The head of the statue shatters. Yeah. And he picks up this ear, and you're like, why? But it he he does a couple pretty cool things. Mm-hmm. Um, Sir, Sir Dennis and Petrie are sitting in a seaplane outside going like, how long do we fucking wait for him? They're like, really late. And Smith is like, no, we wait. And Petrie's like, this is not how it's done. And Smith goes, I don't give a shit. He's yeah. like, these, these are not people you abandon. Um, and it's like, well... So, Preston and Tar are people you abandon. <laughs> Shang-Chi. Tar, the biggest the biggest problem with Tar is that he keeps referring yes. to Shang-Chi as Chinaman. If he that would, if he is would a big quit problem. doing that, like, I would have no problem. I would it. actually be okay with, with Tar. Right. It's literally every time that comes out of his mouth, I just go, God damn it. Yeah. Like, just don't. Just and we'd stop. Be fine. Yeah, Reston. Reston is like I said. I mean, honestly, if he's so great, Doug, he'll figure his way out of it. Doug Mensch writes him in such a way that I'm surprised his name isn't like Mug Dench or something. Like, well, and I Doug can't... Mensch so clearly is enamored with this character, and I'm like, no, man, no. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Tar and... Well, so Smith Mart radios and uh, says, yeah. Hey, we need a boat full of as many explosives as you can manage. Um, so, yeah. Which I guess so the Tar. office in Marseille just happens to have, a, have laying around. Tar and you Reston <laughs> are brought before Velcro. And he's like, Hey, man, I got a, I got a Sarlacc pit. And or no, not a Sarlacc. Uh, rancor. Oh, yeah, a rancor. Um, man, if anybody followed me on Twitter, I'd be getting lit up for that one. Uh, he womp womp. womp. He uh, Shang Chi comes in, just sort of. Well, okay. First thing he does that's cool with the ear is that he bounces it off a wall, Captain America style. And just straight clocks this guard and knocks him yeah. out. And then he pieces the other one after taking his gun. Then he picks the ear back up, goes into Velcro's audience chamber, and is like, hey. And he just, all he's doing is holding that. He never says anything. He's just like, you have three seconds to let these men go and let us leave this room. And eventually, Velcro's like, fine. Okay, dude, you win. And they all leave. And Reston's like, or Tar's like, holy shit, dude, did you have a bomb? And he's like, nope. It's an ear. Oh, yo, I, I hate you. Okay, let's run. Um, yeah. Because they, oh no, they end up in the 
they fall down well, a bunch of shit. I don't know how this yeah, happens, they, but they end up in the pantry. There's trapdoors all over the fucking place. Yeah, they end so up Velcro the... lets them go, but right. immediately goes over and flips a switch, and they fall in the panther pit anyway. And then Reston's fuck you, like, I guess. Yeah, and then Reston's like, Shang-Chi, the bomb you had. And Shang-Chi's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he just throws this ear at his feet. And Reston's like, cool, cool, cool. I should have known. Yep, yep. Bombs really aren't yeah. your style. All right, uh, run, and that's there's a door. There's a door that is just like there, and they're like, okay, we just got to get through that door. How do we do that? And Tar goes over, and it's literally fucking unlocked. And Velcro, like this entire operation, has gone tits up. But by the same token, it's fortunate that Velcro is so shitty at being a supervillain that he, like, I guess he just, it never occurred to him that somebody might make it to the door six feet over. Um, But, so he doesn't lock it. Tar and Reston get through the door and the Panthers are hot on the heels of Shang-Chi and he shuts the door so that they don't and turns to face the Panthers Reston kicks the door open grabs him and pulls him in and is like what are you doing <laughs> like man which I fuck re- you Reston because that would have been awesome <laughs> Shang-Chi versus a pit full of angry hungry Panthers why would why would you deprive us of that? So you're mad at him. Uh, okay. Um, turns out they fall in a different hole uh, <laughs> and slide down a tube until they end on top of like this ridge that, that looks at this fucking arsenal and it's got an under underwater or underground cave dock and I they're somehow they know that these are nuclear weapons but to me they are they all you know the the uh, there were signs posted everywhere saying please don't smoke around the nuclear weapons um, or like you know stuff like, like that like you do if, if it weren't for operational health and safety uh then, like, they would have no idea how bad this actually was. So um, there is a this letter is... here that I kind of wanted to ask you about. Okay. It's, it's a letter from Ralph Macchio. Yeah. Is that to be uh, Ralph Macchio? Wasn't he an editor-in-chief at some point? Yes. Is this him? Yeah, that's that Ralph Macchio. Cool. Yeah. Is this the first? Wrote... This isn't the first letter he's written. Is it? Oh, God, no. He okay. wrote in all the... Like, we have... A lot of the issues we've read uh, have had letters from Ralph Macchio because he wrote in a lot. Um, but, yeah. Uh, this this reveal is kind of the issue that I have with this in that it should be enough that this guy is, like, the premier heroin supplier right that should be reason enough to take him down um but as it turns out we find we find out in the the next issue i think front for his nuclear arsenal 
Yeah. yeah. And we find out that Smith suspected that he had nukes, and it's just kind of like, why? Why do we... It's fine that he's, like, an eccentric heroin dude. That's fine. That's enough. Like, he's destroying lives. He doesn't actually have to be, like, out to, you know, carve out his... Just let a dude be a drug supplier. Yeah. You know? Like, whatever. But anyway... So then, Master of Kung Fu number 31, we, uh, I kind of want to just burn through this because this, this whole thing is just this annoying This is the me. least helpful issue. Yeah. So they, uh, they, they make their way down and they get hold of a, an, a tank. Uh, but Shang-Chi is just like. No, I'm good. <laughs> and like Reston and Tar just start plowing through the place, blowing shit up. Um, Shang-Chi is like Razor Fist is an enemy, but I can't just leave him to die. So he goes to find him, at which point he happens across this woman, Pavane, who's got a whip. Um, and and this is why we're kind of by Velcro. She also has a she also has a pet panther who looks yeah. well-fed and behaved, and, like, bring your panther to the kung fu fight. What mm-hmm. is wrong with you? Um, it could only help. Yeah. Like, there's it no... There's it no can't situa- if you are If you are fighting a dude who's, like, unarmed, I mean, yeah, he's dangerous, but he's he doesn't have a gun. There is no situation in which you're fighting him with a whip that a panther would not also be useful. No. Um... But so Pavane goes to, she goes to stop Shang-Chi and we're robbed of a, we're robbed of a decent fight because it's, it's pretty quick um, because she like tries to use the whip at which point he turns around, grabs it, yanks her in close and knocks her the fuck out. Um, Yeah. And I I was really hoping this fight was going to be better. Um, Yeah. Because, and also he's like. Because Reston and Tar's plan is to just blow up the whole island at this point. Yeah. Like, they don't have any other good ideas. It's all yeah. fucked. Uh, and he knows that. So what he's trying, like you said, what he's trying to do is get to Razor Fist so that he can at least free him and give him a chance. Because otherwise yeah. he's definitely going to die. And that's not the way Shang-Chi rolls. Which is, again, badass. Like, I yeah. like this character I... a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I don't like his book, but I like this character a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. Per- that's a perfect way of putting it, right? Sometimes I don't like this book, but I love this character. Yeah. Um, so, and the first thing he says when Pavane, like, presents herself as, I'm here to take you down, dude, is like, what, you need to leave. Like, we all need to leave, and I gotta go get a guy. And, like, that's why this is so quick i think is because he he literally turns his back on her which you don't learn until the following panel's narrative box was a feint in itself like he did that mm-hmm. on purpose to goad her into striking with the whip so that he he'd take the hit he was cool with that but he needed to so that after he took the hit he could spin grab the whip and then just pull her in and clock her mm-hmm. uh a it's a cool move it just it would have been neat to see him hopping around each other for a while. But yeah. 
he picks her up. And we never... Uh, she shows up again. I don't know how she a couple issues out. later. And we still are robbed of seeing her do fucking anything. But, so... But Razor Fist comes in anyway. And it, like, he and so himself. does Velcro. Um, Velcro is just like... Because um, Razor Fist starts moving in to, like, take on Shang-Chi. But Velcro's just like, fucking shoot the guy. So Razor Fist is like, no, wait, let me get out of the way. <laughs> but doesn't even get to finish his sentence before he's gunned down. Um, at which point, like, <laughs> Reston and Tar come plowing through the wall and are just like, we're here! <laughs> and... Velcro's like, I'm out. Um, so, outside, the boat full, <laughs> the boat, the bomb boat shows up. And they're like, okay, I guess we're doing this. Um, Shang-Chi uh, carries Pavain out, I guess. I didn't, yeah, I had forgotten this, but Pavane this is what the wiki out, says. Because, uh... Razor Fist is already dead. Velcro and his goons take off after being scared away by the tank. Pavane was mm-hmm. left on the floor, so he grabs her and at least gets her outside. Like, that's mm-hmm. all that he really accomplishes. At that point, uh, Reston and Tar, sorry, uh, Reston and Tar show up and reappear in the tank uh, and are like, get in the tank! We're gonna go to the ocean i don't know and <laughs> yeah they, they drive they drive the tank into well over a couple guards and then into the grotto at which point they bail out underwater and swim through the tunnel and meet up with uh the explosive with, uh oh yeah tree no. and and smith um velcro has gotten out but comes back in and he's like, no, uh, I can't, I can't let them destroy the weapons. Not when I'm so close to making a con- the connection with Mordio. Uh, and so, yeah, it's at this point that we find out Smith knew, knew about the weapons, or at least he was like, yeah, he probably had them. We thought he did. Um, Shang-Chi, they were going to... to uh use remote control with the boat but shang chi gets in aims it at it activates the timer and then uh jumps out at which point the the boat uh hits the beach and like james bonds its way (laughs) into the fortress and explodes um and shang chi is pulled out so, yeah, like I said, British intelligence taking this guy down because he's a big problem heroin-wise should have been enough. He did not need nukes. He did not no. need nukes, but whatever. Yeah, it's... And this is the point of the story where even if you wanted to end it on a cliffhanger instead... Put him on the put him on the seaplane, and then he turns to Nayland Smith. Shang Chi turns to Nayland Smith, and is just like, "Uh, 
Yeah, I'm done. This is Yeah. I'm I'm done. I appreciated your assistance before, but nope, this is not what I do. Uh yeah. and then next issue. Uh oh, so Master of Kung Fu number thirty two, uh, uh this whole fucking oh, wait. thing. No, the only good part is the part you tweeted. <laughs> Uh, This is penciled by Sal Bajima and Mike Esposito and inked by Mike Esposito and then colored by George Russo's. So Reston and Tar are sitting in a park in Marseille uh, and Shang Chi is sitting there meditating and Reston is just kind of like, uh, you know, he kind of reminds me of my great uncle and it's just kind of like... The, the mellow martial artist reminds you of your opium addict uncle. It was opium, wasn't it? Yeah. He got high a lot, I remember. Anyway, I mean, like, maybe maybe he reminds you of him when he was high. But, like, that's... There's no... Like, Shang-Chi does not delight in being an asshole to everybody around him, so... I don't know. Whatever. Um, so, Dennis... Smith and or Sirs Nayland Smith and Petrie show up and are like, hey, get in the car. Uh, we gotta go to the airport. And... Or to the docks. Yeah. And they're like, okay, so here's the deal. Uh, Reston, you're going with Petrie back to uh, London. Uh... Tar and Shang-Chi are coming with me on a leisurely voyage home. We're getting on a boat. And Reston, when they get to the docks, Reston's like, are you sure you don't want me to come with you, Nayland? And he's like, no. No, I don't. I definitely do not want that. Yeah. You should stay with Petrie. And you can almost, like, I can feel, I can't see, he's not in panel, but I can feel Petrie in the background being like, you're gonna fuck it. You really? God damn you. Mother... I hate you so much. Would you yeah, get to love and you know, you know, Rustin is just like, okay, well, anyway, did I ever tell you about the time my father and Petrie's just like, I'm going to fucking get you for this. Oh, <laughs> oh you cocksucker. Your whole uh, house is going to be filled with porridge. I don't know how. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, this issue is mostly, mostly whatever um uh, so okay let like let me try to top line it real quick and like because yeah there is no fallout from this from the story this is a filler story There's basically some espionage shit goes down on the boat involving this blind woman and it's dumb like the yeah. thing the thing that's dumb is that Shang-Chi should not be involved in this at all. Like mm-hmm. when he when they think that the blind woman that he kind of befriended while they were boarding, when he thinks she's in trouble, sure, launch into action for that. But like mm-hmm. when it's the who hmm, who has the documents, who doesn't have the documents and like all that stuff, Shang-Chi should be like, "Cool." Uh, I guess you guys are gonna figure that out. I'll be in my room. Like, yeah, that's not my deal. I don't care. Um, yeah, and he basically does do that. 
because anytime yeah. unless it's involving the woman that he befriended he's not even in the conversation like it's yeah. just smith and tar talking at each other blah 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 the, we finally the, get to the have short version fight. go ahead the short version of all of this is the crew has been replaced by enemy agents the blind woman is an enemy agent the agent that supposedly has these documents doesn't exist the agent who is oh, yeah. uh the agent is actually smith there are no documents to be like the documents that they claim this dude has he has no idea this other dude has no idea what they're fu- fucking talking about because it's actually smith uh, who hid the who hid the documents in a life preserver? However, the blind the quote unquote blind woman gets knocked off, and uh, and um, she uses that life preserver out of the five hundred on the boat to save this woman, and. The documents are ruined, but then it turns out they didn't even matter anyway. They were nothing. The whole point of this was, was to, to capture f- enemy agents. Yeah, the whole and... thing was to flush out this cell. And Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Who cares? Fine. Whatever. Uh, and so... amazingly, it does not get better from here. Yeah. Um, I do... So it's interesting because the the woman is just like, you know... I never really held any ill will towards you. Maybe we can see each other again. And it's just kind of like, okay. So, they gonna fuck or what? Um, but anyway, Master <laughs> Master of Kung Fu number 33 is penciled by Paul Galassi, inked by Dan Atkins, colored by Janice Cohen, and lettered by John Costanza. Um, we're in London. And Reston has arrived with a car, at which point a robot walks up and shoots at him. Um, which Can't the fact the that he the the fact that he's Clive Reston should be reason enough. Um, Shang Chi deals with the robot by turning its own eye cannons back on it. Uh, because he figures its armor is not strong enough to hold up to its own bullets, which is kind of dumb. Like it's it's not a it's not a a logical leap that stands up to any sort of scrutiny. Um, but whatever, he he deals with it. Um, they're like, huh, this is kind of like what Mordio did, but Mordio's dead. Um, and it turns out that Mordillo was this world-class assassin, but he was also crazy as fuck, and he was constantly, uh, doing weird, like, whimsical shit. Um, so Reston takes Shang-Chi to this flat that they've set up for him, which is really opulently decorated, uh, and Reston's like, I told Smith he wouldn't like this, but he, it's Smith and the country, the taxpayer is paying for it. So why the fuck not? And, but then there's it's like, you don't get him at all. Like, yeah. What possessed you to think that this was, cause it's a nice flat. Like it is yeah. 
for this, it is, and it's, I, I should caveat, it's nice in a 70s way. Um, like, in a, if you, if you decorated my home like this, I would have you murdered. Um, but, like, <laughs> yeah. it is, it is a nice place, uh, that is gigantic, um, and has a lot of, like, amenities and stuff, and Shang-Chi needs, like, none of this. Yeah, he's just not... He's not that kind of guy, and like if you get this, I'm not. Weston, I'm not sure. saying like you've got to give it, a, give him a hovel to live in, but like he doesn't. He doesn't need like tapestries and vases and like couches and shit. Like he's cool just being wherever. But whatever. Uh, so they go in, and a woman is in the bathtub, and it turns out it's this woman, Lako Wu. Um, Rustin and Laco clearly have a history, um, but it's clearly over. Um, at which point Smith calls them and tells them to come to Scotland Yard. They go and it turns out, oh, it is totally Mordio because, um, the, the bullets that were fired at Rustin had My Fair Lady on them. Um... And then, like, there were past assassinations that had, like, uh, that had other nursery rhymes, uh, engraved on them and bullshit. Who cares? But, um, And when you put all the bullets together, it's London Bridge is falling down. Well, yeah, so, this guy Putnam is supposed to be meeting up with Simon Bretner, um, another agent, uh, but then he's killed with bullets that are inscribed with D-E-D-C-B-C-D-A-B-C-B-C-D, which are the notes of London Bridges Falling Down. Um, Laco hears this and she's just like, uh, Simon Bretner is missing. They don't know if he's alive or dead. Laco hears this and she's like, fuck. Um... Putnam, it turns out, was um, involved in protecting this project called Project Ultraviolet. It's discovered that... So, these scientists had discovered a way to basically cause holes in the ozone layer. And then they would use a device to... um, uh, To focus it in on whoever... Um, they would be able to pinpoint the solar radiation to a point that, you know, no larger than a city block. So you could tactical strike with solar radiation, which, okay, neat idea, but I... Also, like, supervillain level crazy. (laughs) Um, so... But after they uh, figured out how to do this, they scrapped the whole project and were like, this is a bad idea, why did we let it get this far? Um, yeah, and so we, uh, they, they find out about the London Bridge's falling down thing, um, and they're just like, oh god. So Shang-Chi and Black Jack Tar go to Tower Bridge, they encounter these dudes, uh, who are clearly not legit, they deal with them, and they, Shang-Chi throws a bomb into the river to keep it from getting blown up. Right. Um, once this has all been dealt with, they find 
a um, they find a note from so Reston Reston arrives with a note that he found at Laco's apartment saying if you love me at all meet me at the usual place Simon um, Smith is like oh this is not good right. and they're like why uh, and it turns out that the information about Project Ultraviolet was deemed so uh, so important that all of the information was shredded and then the only information left is uh, is in Laco's unconscious mind and she has been hypnotized to forget that she ever had it. The only person who knew how to call up that information from her mind was Putnam, who's now dead. While they're discussing this, two dudes walk up and they're like, hey, we found a note that was apparently hidden by Putnam. And the note says that Bretner is Mordio and has like latitude and longitude. Um, at that moment in time, we switched to Mordio, who is on this plane uh, with Laco. Laco, in some of these issues, is miscolored because she has like red hair randomly. Right. Yeah. But I couldn't. Whatever. It was difficult for me to pin down what the hell she looked like. Yeah. But so they arrive at this island he has that's like in the middle of the this crown of spikes in the East China Sea. Whatever. Uh, Master of Kung Fu number 34. Uh, they, uh, they arrive, Reston and Shang-Chi head to Mordio's Island. Uh, Reston really shouldn't be doing this, but whatever. Um, well, and even Tar makes an incredibly good argument later in the issue where he's like, he's arguing with Nalan Smith because A, Tar's pissed that he got left out of the mission. Like, mm -hmm. He's just mad that he didn't get to go on the punchy fight, um, which fine. But also, he's like, you shouldn't have let Reston of all fucking people go because he's the guy that's got emotional connections to the to the mission, and like he shouldn't be there. His mind's all messed up. And yeah. Nalen Smith's like, I have a reason, and it's like, do you? Because I don't see it. Oops, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. So, uh, Mordillo is like, if you're good, I'll, uh, I'll let you have the use of your hands. And she's like, sure. And so he lets her go, at which point she starts kicking him the fuck around. Right. Uh, but then this stupid fucking robot named Brynaki arrives wearing a, wearing a cowboy costume and he throws a lasso around her. And Brynaki looks like a goddamn cartoon character. And he's so annoying. Mm -hmm. um, so, <laughs> Reston, there's not enough room to land. So Reston's like, fuck it. And crashes into some trees. Um, so, they start making their way in. This place is a fucking weirdo fantasy land because there's a talking train that's just like huh i'll take you to where you need to go so there's definitely they get a, i'm definitely gonna try to kill you on the way yeah <laughs> it's like okay um, so yeah um 
so there's this whole thing with Brynaki and Mordio. Mordio's angry because Shang-Chi cheated him. Mordio had been hired to kill Velcro. And uh, by with Smith and all the rest uh, interfering, he has been robbed of that million dollars. Um, so Laco and Mordio, like Mordio sits down to dinner with Laco and he's just like, so Project Ultraviolet. And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. He's like, I know it's, I know, you know. And she's like, I have no idea what you're saying. And he's like, look, the last bit of it is something, you know, I want you to give it to me. And she, she has no idea what the fuck she, he's talking about. Um, but he refuses to believe her. He shows her his solar shoot, uh, which is designed to focus the sun uh, after stripping away the ozone layer. And this whole thing is fucking stupid. Um, so the train brings Reston and Shang-Chi to a house that looks like a shoe. They're attacked by robots, and they fight them, and beat them, and the train's like, well, fuck, I guess I'll take you a little further, uh, at which point it tries to kill them again, but they manage to grab hold of the drawbridge, and the train fucking crashes and kills itself in good riddance. Yes. Um, the... They go inside and it's this weird little toy village and it's this whole thing is fucking upsetting. Um, but uh, there is there's this mime that leads them into a theater and Brynaki is there and leads them to their seats at which point a metal bar clamps down and the curtain opens, and there's Mordio wearing this stupid cloth, like this metal glove. Um, in On the stage is an hourglass with Laco trapped inside. Who gives a fuck? Master of Kung Fu number 35 is colored by George Russos and lettered by Joe Rosen. Um... Mordio is just like, okay, this is your last chance. Give me the secret or you suffocate to death in the sand. Uh, She's like, I still have (coughs) no idea what you're talking about. Um, Mordio starts like, like one of the fingers shoots fire. One of them shoots a dart. Yeah, he put on his glove that, yeah, shoots fire in a glove. Yeah, you find out later it's what controls the solar shoot. But right now it's just like it's like the satan claw but shitty Mm -hmm. um but in the middle of all of this a robot shows up and starts firing on him and he's like what no i built you what are you doing um so he flips out in the course of this shang chi manages to free himself and uses the metal bar to smash the hourglass um and free Laco. the robot gets shot by mordio and goes down Mordillo's like, fuck, and escapes. Um, it turns out that the robot is Blackjack Tar in a robot. Like, he put on the outsides of a robot that hadn't been fully put together yet. Um, 
And, and thank yeah. God the writers realized that I do not care how he got there. Yeah. Like, because he does show up almost out of nowhere. Like, the last time we saw him was in London arguing with Smith. And I... No, I don't care. Like, yeah. I, ha- I already had to sit through Shang-Chi and Reston going on a magical adventure to get here. And I I do not need to see it again. I just need to... Yeah. Ass- he's just like, I found this robot that didn't have any guts in it, so I jumped in it. And it's like, cool, dude, let's do this. That's all I need to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they, they all try to figure out where Mordio has gone. Uh, because but, Reston's got a bug in his ass that he's definitely going to kill Mordio right goddamn now. It's and like, and in the in the course of all of this, we of course find out that uh, Laco left Reston oh, yeah. for Bretner. Yeah. Um, and so Reston has been smarting from that as it is. Um, but Mordio sends Brynaki to get things ready and he goes up to talk to the lady of the tower uh but the lady of the tower is pavane and so he sends pavane to deal with shang chi and the agents uh while he goes to uh get the solar shoot up and running and also Um, like there's this stupid stupid love triangle introduced between shang chi leiko and rest in and it's just yeah none of you should be dating any either of you yeah none of you should be involved in any way with any of the others well i guess yeah yeah so relationships only shang chi uh goes to fight mordio uh the others are just kind of fucking around and then pavane catches up with them uh they start to fight because it's like Pavane and a bunch of guards with versus Reston, Tar and Laco. Um the solar shoot takes off and Shang-Chi and Mordio fight on it. Mordio turns on the solar shoot which starts bla- blasting its way across the island. The fight against Pavane is again cut short when they're all just like Shit, we can't be out in the open. So they hide in a tunnel. Um, but Mordio, like, we're, all, we're all happy friends now. Well, not happy friends, but everybody's... The fight is put on hold because yeah. our our dude in charge has decided to napalm the island with the sun. So let's uh, everybody in the cave and just play nice for a minute. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, so... Mordio and Shang-Chi are fighting. Mordio is upset about the million dollars because he was going to buy more toys. Uh, but then he's like, wait a minute. If you win, then nothing matters. And Shang-Chi's like, okay, what? And Mordio's just like, I can't. This is, Nothing matters. What am I doing? And Shang-Chi's like, now wait a minute. And so Mordio <laughs> jumps off the platform as he's falling he is blasted by the solar shoot. Um, and that's it. So um, Shang-Chi, Shang-Chi makes the solar shoot crash into the water. Uh, 
And then he and Laco are just like, fuck it, and like hug. And Reston is looking on, and all I can think is, hmm, weren't awesome enough, were you, motherfucker? Um, like, this is the only reason I'm happy about Laco and Shang-Chi, is because it makes Reston unhappy, and I'm fine with that. Um, but yeah, then, like, but like, the only thing I can see from this is that Laco dies, and I'm not cool with that. Like, she's... Reston's more of a character than she is at this point because I hate him. Like, I don't like him, but he's got more character than she does. So they're going to fight over her, and she's going to end up dead. I mean, I guess he has more character if do you know who my dad is is character. It's more than Um, her. But, like... That's that's a personality in the same way that, like, drinking box wine during the day is a personality. It's like, yeah, but only if you literally have nothing else going for you. Um, but anyway, so there's a... There's a as we leave, Brynaki is left, like, cradling the skeleton of Bordeo. And who cares? Cause, is, like, I don't care, like... Because Bordillo was a terrible villain, and, uh, like... Brynaki is just stupid. And irritating. But also, it is a dark fucking image. I'll give you that. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, we can get through at least Premiere. Yeah, we can at least get through Marvel 20... Or Marvel Premiere 24, which is uh, written by Chris Claremont... Penciled by Pat Broderick, inked by Vince Coletta, colored by Phil Rachelson, and lettered by Karen Mantlow. Uh, Iron Fist and Colleen Wing are sparring, but he's like, uh, I don't know about doing this. And she's like, fucking fight me, you pussy. Um, and he does, and he kind of wrecks her, and she's just like, cool. But he's like not happy about it because, meh, women. Um, yeah, I really hope this is a phase. Like, well, fortunately, it is because, like, I'm I'm familiar with Danny Rand down the road where he's just like women, yeah. <laughs> you know. I mean, whereas now he he's does, just like, Meh, he's putting on. Women. He's still like breaking free of some of the Kunlun. The outdated, huh? The outdated, uh, yeah beliefs of kunlun which he's he's working his way i think that's what we're supposed to be doing with this section is like him working out like what the modern world is and how he can fit his kunlun education into that and like what things from the kunlun education need to get sheared off Mm -hmm. um in order for him to become a person and i guess viewed through that lens it's okay because like this is almost the writer admitting not admitting straight up telling the audience our hero is not a character yet but we're gonna work on it yeah Um, he's 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 very outdated yeah uh and and i i will give you that i'm just saying that as if i were to encounter a person like iron fist as he is now, yeah. I'd just be like, no, man, no, I'd don't, be like, oh, cool. don't be that guy. Yeah. yeah, 
I I'd just be like, this is not no um, no. Um, we switch to Fenris Station, which is the Shield government facility or a Shield facility that is getting broken into by generic bad guys, uh, mm-hmm. and they steal a monstroid. Yeah, which I guess which I should premiere. It had appeared earlier. I forget what issue it says it was. I don't really care. Team um, up number five. Which sure. Spider Man and somebody. Presumably. Uh, yeah, because there haven't been. There's been like two issues that haven't had Spider Man. Uh, but uh, Danny goes to the park and he runs into uh, Lieutenant Scarfy, um, who's having a. A softball game with a dude that like I'm not sure if he's supposed to be Scarfy's partner. They seem very no. like I I don't know. Like well, if like, you if you had told versus... me they were together, I'd be like yeah. It's cops versus the Marvel bullpen. Yeah, and I'm assuming this guy is one of the. Well, I guess he could be one of the cops. I don't know. I don't know what he is. They're clearly fucking though. Um, but anyway, so it turns out that this princess's ear is in the crowd watching. Um, there's some, there's some, the pickup softball game in the park. I don't know, you know, Uh, whatever. Uh, but she is watching and, uh, the, the, there's some lovely moments where Danny learns to laugh. Um, and then the monstroid attacks. Danny fights the monstroid and winds up putting his fist through its head. Um, and that's really all that matters here. This, as I said, is the issue where the bullpen bulletins announces that Artie Simek has passed away. Okay. And, yeah. Um, so, uh... We can go ahead and... I mean, the the next issue is pretty short. We can plow through it real quick. Uh, Marvel premiere number 25 is penciled by John Byrne, inked by Al McWilliams, and colored by Michelle Wolfman. I will say, I like John Byrne's art at this period, at this point in time. John yeah. Byrne now, I don't like his art. But oh, really? But 70s John Byrne, I dig the shit out of. Okay. Um... Iron Fist has a has a fight wherein this bodyguard of the princess uh, tries to kill him. Uh, like he pretend that he tries to pass it off afterward as like, oh, we were just playing, but he was tro- totally trying to kill Iron Fist for having dishonored him. Right. Ah, fuck. Um. But so Azir shows up and she's just like, knock it the fuck off and get out. Um. So Iron if we Fist, were at home, I'd have you hung by the or hung by your head, but or hung by your ears on the wall. And yeah, it's like, hey, how you getting along? Yeah, uh, but so Iron Fist goes back to Lee Lee Wing's house, where apparently, I mean, is he living there? Like, does he have a home at this point? He's wealthy enough; he should be able to. He had, I don't know. He doesn't even look like he's taken the time to figure out any of the brand corporation stuff. Like, I doubt it doesn't, it honest to God doesn't feel like he's even gone to the building. Yeah. Except, I guess, to kill 
uh, Meacham. Or, yeah, Meacham. I, I don't know. Whatever. Uh, the the upshot of all of this, there is a brief vignette in one of these issues. Is it this one or... I don't know. Somebody calls and is just like, I want to kill Iron Fist. And the Meachams are just like, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. But whatever. That's, that's really all it is. Um, but he goes to the Wing house uh, and it's been trashed and Wing is acting weird. Uh, like... Like trying Lee, to kill Iron Fist Lee with attacks, sword weird. Yeah, because he thinks Iron Fist is a demon. Um, and they're just like, huh, that's weird. So they decide to... Iron Fist and Raphael Scarfy decide to look into it. Um, they go looking for Colleen, um, but when, they are... They wind up seeing weird shit. Um, well, when they get there, she's getting arrested. And he's yeah. like... Scarfy's like, hey, what the fuck is going on? And the cop is like, I don't know, man. I just do what I'm told. And I was told to arrest this woman. And Scarfy's like, look at my badge and tell me what is going on. Because he's a lieutenant. Or at least a detective. And He's a lieutenant, as I recall. And, um, um, and the, the beat cops says something that kind of like gives up the game. And they figure out that these aren't even cops. And mm-hmm. they attack... Everybody attacks everybody trying to free Colleen, but they... They, they get, get away. away. And Scarfy and, and Iron, Iron Fist, Fist jump into a car. And follow. Uh, they almost murder some children playing in the street. Don't play in Whee! the street. Um, and before they can catch up to... Which, uh, if call. you if you are young enough that you need to be told not to play in the street, what the fuck are you doing listening to? You us? shouldn't like listen to this. I podcast. mark this as explicit each week. I don't <laughs> like get the get the fuck off the computer and go like read or do literally anything else before they can catch up with Colleen and her kidnappers. Uh, they. The car turns into a dragon, and they almost die. Yeah. Uh, Iron Fist gets up after falling through the void and is confronted by a vision of his father who punches him in the face. Uh, at this point, he kind of figures out that nothing, none of this is real, and he begins to try to deny the visions. And uh, Angar the Screamer shows up, or Anger... It's hard for me to call him just Anger. Anger the Screamer shows it, uh, reveals himself to Iron Fist and is like, didn't think you'd see me today. And I was like, I saw you on the cover and I was mad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The only, the only reason I give a shit about... Uh, about Anger the Screamer is because he dies in Thunderbolts number one. And... Uh, that leads to Screaming Mimi becoming Songbird. Oh, okay. That's literally the only reason is I it, give a shit. Is it a boomerang situation? Not boomerang. Uh, what the hell? In Suicide Squad number one, they go out on the mission and one of the members dies immediately. No. Okay. Um, so... No, it wasn't number. It wasn't number one. It was like number four or five when Citizen V slash Zemo 
is explaining the origins of the Thunderbolts to Jolt. Uh, he tells he tells the story of each of the individual members as he found them, uh, but you actually see what's happening. Um, so you get his version of it that he's telling, but also the real deal. And okay, that's in cool. that. Uh, Screaming Mimi and Anger the Screamer had hooked up because they're both yellers uh, and were robbing some banks. Anger gets shot by police and she uh, lets loose, which winds up causing her to burn out her throat. Um, So then uh, Zemo finds her and offers to help her and he gives her the the shoulder harness that allows her to focus her voice and create uh solid sound objects um so yeah it like his death is the his death is the only thing i give a shit about as far as him um but iron fist yeah the the upshot of this issue is Iron Fist figures out that Anger the Screamer and Barini, right? Is that what his name? Kumbala Bay. Damn, I was uh, way wrong. Are they are working together to kill Iron Fist at the bidding of somebody? Kumbala Bay finds... wanted to do it just because he felt embarrassed. Anger approached him and was like, "Hey, let's do this. Let's kill Iron Fist." Yeah, and. At least that's over. Yeah. Uh, But Iron Fist finds uh, a uh, Stark Enterprises ID card on Anger. And he's just like, ah, Stark Enterprises. So let's take a break and we'll be back with the first issue of Iron Fist's uh, solo book. Yes. With a mouse click. You called somebody else with a mouse click. You said, hey, here's a person. Then you bring them back on and they're like, here's the person you need to talk to. Then you're done. Yeah. Like, that was it. That, that but like. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, moving on. We're back. Yeah. Uh, with Iron Fist number one, which is uh, colored by Janice Cohen and lettered by Dave Hunt. Uh, so Iron Fist heads to Stark International. Once he's there, he runs into Misty Knight, uh, who is there looking for Colleen as well. And Misty's uh, awesome. Yeah. Misty's like, cool. Misty is. But, like, the fact that she's awesome from the word go is from her first speaking part. Like, she yeah. ostensibly appeared in that issue of uh, Team Up, but, like... But, really? Eh, it could have been anybody. And, uh... But, like, her first appearance in Premiere three issues ago, where she kind of... I mean, she had the element of surprise, but she could have kicked the shit out of him okay, like mm-hmm. it's she's awesome from the word go and like she's good at the detective stuff like yeah 
clearly she's good at this and clearly she thinks Danny's an idiot which is fantastic I love that part too Uh, but so they skulk around together uh, Mm -hmm. and what do they find they find a guy on the ground yeah ostensibly dead yeah he 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 is misty's contact within stark international and he's supposedly dead but then like misty starts poking around on this computer and iron fist goes off and but then call this guy donald collie uh isn't actually dead um and he starts trying to attack misty um Iron Man and Iron Fist go at it because, of course, Iron Man shows up. He, it's Stark International. Uh, and they they start throwing down. But Misty, there's an explosion and uh, Miss, and Iron Fist is like, Misty! And uh, she shows up and she's like, hey, so Kali's not dead. Here he is. <laughs> and uh, and uh, they find out that uh, Colleen is being taken to Halwan, which was the uh, the country I think that Princess Azir yeah. is princess of. Right. And it's these assholes who are behind everything that's happened up to now. Iron Man and Iron Fist are just like, hey, so sorry about all that. And Iron Man's just like, well, good luck with the uh, the thing. And Iron Fist is like, just. Uh, uh, and Iron Fist is like, good luck with the being Iron Man. And, uh, and, uh, Iron Fist and Misty leave to go after Colleen. So, so, uh, so Thor, (laughs) Thor number 237. Uh, Thor 237 is written by Jerry Conway, penciled by John Bishima, inked by Joe Sinnott, uh, colored by Petra Goldberg, and lettered by John Costanza. Um, Thor apprehends some crooks, and Ulick is, like, watching. He has his his trolls tunneling, and he's right. just, like, creeping. Um, and then, so... We keep we keep switching back and forth between Thor and his shit and Orin off doing his stuff. Yeah. And um, there's a big talk about like you know, Lauren, you you you're really strong and you you can fuck shit up and maybe maybe you should use that to be helping people. Um, so the trolls start wrecking shop on the surface when. Thor comes in and starts battling Ulick. While he is battling Ulick, these other trolls go and find Jane and capture her. Uh, and then Ulick's like, ha ha, I have Jane. Now you have to do what I say. Yeah, I'm <clears> in <throat> charge now. Uh, yeah. And it, during, in the beforehand, Hercules is hanging out with Vizier because he's got nothing else to do and yeah. they were at a coney island or a coney island like object or place and uh he saved a ferris wheel full of kids 
even though he was like, I don't understand why you mortals would even try this. Clearly this is dangerous. And Hercules yeah. is fun. Yeah. He's very I, befuddled most of this these issues, but like he's still fun. Yeah. And in the end in all of this, he winds up going to LA and I think that's That's where I think that's start. the setup for the champions cuz they're trying they're contriving to have him in the correct position for that. Um yeah. But yeah. So Thor 238 starts uh it is colored by Don Warfield by the way. Um, the trolls bring Jane and Thor underground. Um, and we find out that, so Ulick is going up against the troll king, Garador. Uh, Garador has a, a minion called Zotar, uh, that is ostensibly unbeatable. And that's why Ulick has conscripted Thor, um, because his whole plan is to put Thor on the Zoltar problem, and then he'll be able to, with his army, overtake Girador's army and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Blah. Um, and, yeah. Meanwhile, Orin and Judith are, like, chilling. When they come across this strike by grape pickers who have been apparently striking for six years yeah uh, i almost i which, forgot i wanted to look into this and be like is this a real thing that happened in california yeah. in the 70s yeah uh yeah so um but there's a there's a an altercation between uh these grape pickers and some strike breakers um but Orin becomes involved, and uh, yeah. So then, the battle the battle gets underway between Garador and his forces, and Duluk and Thor and everybody else. Um, and I kind of I kind of like what happens here because in the course of this, Uluk comes to genuinely respect Thor as a warrior. Right. Um, like up until now it's always been like Ulick's just like Thor big fucking deal and now he's on now he's like he's seeing Thor in action and not from the standpoint of getting his head beaten in yeah and he's just kind of like okay Thor is actually pretty cool like this is this is great I love watching you beat on people that aren't me this is fun exactly um but what I really like is, so, you know, the last time we read Thor, Jane was saved from death when uh, Sif gave up her spirit to restore Jane to health. And what I really like here is that this kind of marks the point at which Jane stops being the damsel in distress and starts taking, uh, like, she has some fucking agency here because... Thor fights Zotar, and Ulik and his forces are fighting the army of Garadur. Zotar, it turns out, is uh, is a robot. So they deal with that. And then Ulik's like, now on to Garadur. But then it turns out fucking 
Jane made her way through the battle and took Garadur uh, hostage using his own goddamn spear. Yeah. And this is, I love this because it, it is, it's Jane, Jane making shit happen. And we haven't seen that from Jane up until now. And later on, you know, we'll get to like, this is, this is the Jane I'm used to the Jane. Who's just like, I, I am in love with Thor, but I am not just going to sit here and wait for Thor to rescue me. Right. Um, and this is the Jane I dig. Um, but anyway, so, uh, Thor number 239 is uh, written by Roy Thomas, penciled by Sal Bushima, and colored by Phil Rachelson. Um, with, uh, with all of this dealt with, Ulick's now just like, great, now we'll take over the surface world. And Thor's like, mm, no. Yeah, we're not doing that. And Ulick's <laughs> yeah. like, well, then we gotta fight again. And he's like, no, we don't. Clunk. And basically puts Ulick on his ass. Yeah. In short order. Uh, Jane's like, um, hey, so I know it was pretty cool earlier, but like, there's 400 trolls. We gotta go. And Thor's like, okay. Uh, but before we do, um, give me that spear. Mm-hmm. She's like, Okay, and he goes, this is probably magic, because uh, it was being held by Garador, and he, like, that's his whole steez, is making magical weapons. So let's throw it in the water at them, and then everything just explodes. Uh, yeah. It's said to be, mis- it's like, because the water itself is described as sorceress, like, something about the river is magic. And when the magics mix, it's just fire. Just fire everybody everywhere. And Thor's like, oh, that was a bit more than I... Jane, you might want to look away. And she's like, oh, no, I witnessed the horrible melting death of (laughs) 400-some-odd trolls. Ah. Oh, that's going to mess with me. I'm going to need to talk to my therapist about this. Uh, They fly away out of the tunnel. Yeah, they they make, escape, make their way back to the surface. Yeah. Um and I think I think this is the point at which we last see uh Hercules before he heads to LA. Right. Because he it, he and Thor uh seal up the trolls uh exit tunnel. Uh and then somebody comes up and they're just like, hey, you want to come to L.A.? And Hercules is like, yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> and so oh, Well, and then there's like some low-key digs at uh, like how popular Nor- Greece, Greek mythology is versus Norse mythology. Yeah. Because the guy's like, the guy is a, he's a university professor and he's, trying right to, that's right he's trying to get hercules to come like confirm some of the suspicions they have about ancient greece um that they've been doing with science and you know you could just ask one of the gods if he's here, right um about ancient greece and 
Hercules is like, well, then you probably want to talk to Thor, too. And the guy's like, uh, actually, we don't know much about Norse mythology. Sorry. Yeah, that's not really my bad. It's not really our deal, and generally my whole, uh, like, department of historians and archaeologists doesn't know much about... I'm actually pretty embarrassed about this, and... Which you would think would be all the more reason to have Thor right. come. It would just be like, hey, so tell us about you and everybody else, and then just write it all down. But whatever. Uh, um, so, yeah, Hercules goes off. Yeah, uh, in California, Oren is impressed with the leader of the strike, uh, the striking grape pickers. Uh, which did you Google that while while we were doing? Yeah, the last it issue, was or? done. Uh, it was between or the Delano grape strike between September seventh, nineteen sixty five, to uh, July nineteen seventy. So yeah, it was five years. A while, and Jesus. Um, it they started on just wanting a minimum wage, and they ended with. A collective bargaining agreement so wow fuck yes unions work um, yeah i so. that's that's not to get all not to get all woo but woo <laughs> like yeah. i yeah i mean like people bitch about unions but i'm sorry like fuck you like unions fucking work i'm not saying that there hasn't been corruption i'm not saying that oh. there haven't been problems but workers are better off under unions than if they had never existed. Right. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Oren is impressed with the leader of the great pickers. And so he's attending a meeting and it's really funny seeing Oren just like sitting there in this chair as he towers over everybody around him. Uh, but then uh, the meeting is broken up by the strike busters and Oren just isn't having it. Yeah, but then I suddenly mean, but he got shamed in the last issue by is it Judith? Yeah, Judith, his girl Friday. Um because like he used violence to break up the last fight and she was like, No, you need to use like, you know, maybe you can work with them and like peaceful protests and, you know, maybe just keep shit chill. But they the fight starts and he's just like well, you told me. I'm going to hang back and let them take this fight. And yeah, uh, great. While they're doing that, <coughs> big fuck off earthquake. The whole building is about to fall on both sets, both the breakers and the strikers. And uh, they all head outside and holy shit, there's a tornado or tornado pyramid in the big in the middle of the Great Valley that just erupted from the earth yeah yeah and Oren Oren like goes into a bit of a trance and starts heading for it um it winds up surrounded by like police and shit um because I mean it's a it's a pyramid breaking out of the ground so I mean yeah. if that happens um I don't know what the response would be. Yeah. The logical response would be, 
everybody stay away from the pyramid that just burst out of the ground. But that would yeah. be like aliens landing. Like Yeah. Yeah. So we we switch back to New York and Thor is Thor is thinking about Odin and trying to figure out like wondering where he's at, what he's doing. Cool is he part, thinking about me? Um, the cool part of this is that most of this scene is from Jane's point of view. Like, we're getting yeah. her thoughts. All the thought bubbles are hers. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's looking at him like she can. She clearly loves both sides of this man. And right. um, she can tell just immediately that Don's ta- thinking about where Odin is. But he's also conflicted because... He basically, they're finally back together. They're finally and, back together, and he kind of promised that he wouldn't just run off to yeah. do this. So she opens his, you know, interrupts his thoughts and is like, "You need to go find Odin. Like, yeah, you need to do this basically for us at this point. Like, because yeah. clearly you're not here, and yeah. I care about you, and I want this taken care of so that we can, we can really, you know, you can be here." And mm-hmm. she, he's like. Uh, I'm that I'm that I'm that plain like you can just read me that way and she's like yeah kinda actually and he's like alright cool Uh, you're right I don't even know where to start so I guess I go back to Asgard and see what's up there and she's like okay go Uh, he leaves uh, and if he would have waited 14 fucking seconds uh, (laughs) She turns on the TV after he's gone, uh, sees the footage, the news story about the the pyramid bursting out of the fucking ground, and holy shit, that's Odin! Like, yeah, that's I. I'm actually surprised we didn't get a didn't get a panel of her running to the to the window, just being like, Thor, come back! Yeah. Oh shit. Uh, but Thor, Odin starts heading toward Orin Odin starts heading toward the pyramid when a door opens and in the doorway are standing Osiris, Isis, and Horus. Um, and Orin just, he walks inside with them. Uh, so we be, we start Thor number 240, uh, which is written by Roy Thomas and Bill Matlow and inked by Klaus Janssen. Thor goes to Asgard to try and find clues as to where Odin has gone. And everybody's being really fucking weird. Like Heimdall uh, is unable to lift the Gialler horn, um, and he he is a, he doesn't have his sight. Uh, like he didn't even like Thor snuck up on him, which yeah. should be impossible. Yeah, because a Thor wasn't trying, and b he, it's that fucking should, Heimdall. Yeah, like, he shouldn't be able to sneak up on Thor or on Heimdall. Like you just yeah can't. Um, so he can't see, he can barely hear, uh, he can't lift the horn, and he's basically, like, once he calms down, because he got freaked when Thor apparently just appeared out of nowhere, so he's, right. at first he's convinced that it's all a trick, and then he finally calms down and he's like, what is going on? And yeah. he, Heimdall's like, I don't know, I just feel like shit, like, yeah. I got no strength I got nothing and he's like okay okay that's fucking no we'll fix you up buddy and 
Heimdall's like, you you may as well just like put me down. I'm useless. And he's like, eh, eh, no, we'll <laughs> fix this. Right. Um, and so Thor heads on into Asgard, and everyone he comes across is is the same. They're all they're all just not themselves. And he right. gets he gets to Odin's palace, and he's attacked by the warriors three um and they are not they are not behaving like themselves um he manages to knock them around to the point that uh that they they're just like oh my god thor what what is happening and uh so uh he um he takes our he uh calls the vizier in um and they contact mimir mimir so if you're if you're unfamiliar with uh norse mythology mimir was the guardian of a well and the waters there uh granted wisdom yeah they were wisdom Um, right not knowledge yeah, knowledge is what Odin gained by hanging from Yggdrasil. Uh, Mimir's well, Odin goes there and says, let me drink from the well waters. And uh, Mimir, finally he gets Mimir to agree, at which point Mimir's like, but there's going to be a cost. And Odin is like, what? And he's like, your eye. And that's so... That's why Odin has no eye. He cut it out, and it sits in Mimir's well. And at one point, Mimir is actually beheaded, and Odin puts his head in the well next to his eye. Um, But so they contact Mimir, who appears as just a flaming head, uh, and Mimir's like, dude, California. Like, if you hadn't been so impatient, you'd have known already. Leave me the fuck alone. And uh, so... Uh, Jane flies to California and she gets there when Thor does. Um, Thor arrives and he and Horus exchange some, uh, some pleasantries and they do a little battling. And then, um, we, we find out in the course of things that Horus Osiris and Isis were locked in this pyramid by Set uh, and would would not be allowed out until Atum Re uh, returned to Earth. So while Horus and Thor are having it out, Isis and Osiris uh, come out of the pyramid along with Odin, uh, who is now Atum Re. And I kind of... I kind of like this because I kind of like the idea that all of these pantheons, no matter how different they are, kind of all have some overlap. So mm-hmm. I like the idea that Odin is also the progenitor of the um, of the Egyptian gods. Like yeah. I like I like that I like that there's multiple facets to this whole thing this, and that and it's like one entity with many faces right right um, it's it's kind of like you know when you when you when people talk about how 
well, I believe that God is also Allah and also blah, blah, blah. Like, this is the same sort of thing, that it's it's all sort of the same tradition, just that we all have different avenues to it. And I so I kind of like that they're... Because Zeus, Zeus and... Odin are very much not the same person. Yeah. So I think it would be interesting to see if it turns out that Odin is also like um is it Kronos? Jupiter. Jupiter. No, wait. Kronos is the Titan. Oh, do you want him to be the Titan? Yeah. Okay, then cuz Zeus Kronos. would be his kid. <laughs> anyway, whatever. The <laughs> then point Odin is Odin would be Zeus's dad. Yeah, like he's okay. the also the progenitor of these and all the other oh, various yeah, pantheons out there. Yeah. Um But yeah. So Odin comes out and he's Atumre, but he does not recognize Thor. Right. All he sees is Thor as a threat. So yeah. yeah. And so that's where we leave it for this week. Cliffhanger. Alright. Um, uh, top five? Top five. The Watcher's Guide's Top Five. Top Five. Top Five. Uh, damn. You still need to keep moving. Right? I do. Okay, so, <laughs> uh, Top Five is Ranger, uh, Razor Fist is a dick to art. Because he just uses art as a target practice to display his uh, martial prowess to Reston. Uh, number four. Shouldn't Velcro be the dick to art, though? I mean, Razor Fist could have demonstrated on anything. He could have, like, chucked hams at him, and it still would have done the same job. Like... It's it's Velcro that's giving him priceless works <laughs> okay. from antiquity. <laughs> Alright, so Velcro is a dick to art using using Razor Fist as a proxy. Uh, number four, uh, Peter cuts Harry in with MJ, because that was a bad plan, uh, but he did it anyway. Like, there were a million other ways you could have got out of that dance, and he was just like, nope, I'm gonna... Make you dance with your ex, who's kind of weird right now. He just thought Peter that was... Parker, a... the amazing spider asshole. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number three, then, is the way Thor deals with Heimdall after he returns to Asgard for what ultimately is a pretty purposeless mission, but uh, it's cool that Heimdall is hurt and he doesn't feel good and like he's not doing his job and Heimdall's like well I guess that's it then you may as well kill me and Thor's like whoa whoa no we don't have to do that uh just chill and I'll come back I thought it was both of their reactions were really good calm, calm down old yeller yeah exactly uh, Jesus. number two is the Shang-Chi razor fist fight uh because it was probably it was the best fight of the week, including the Thor issues we read. Um, wasn't a high bar, but it was still a good fight. Um, yeah. And then number one is Jane incorporating like that Sif energy into mm. her behavior now uh, to like the fact that she became 
a character with agency and like instead of just laying on laying there on the raft waiting for thor to come rescue her she was like well no one's paying attention to me screw it and she gets all the way and you know subdues geradur so uh it was it was good and then the fact that later on in the same her next issue when she's like when we get everything from her point of view mm-hmm. that was neat jane was better just all around so I, I i am look forward to that jane foster so uh that's me so my number five is uh smith really does not want resting around <laughs> like are you sure you don't need me yes but you you know who my dad is yes why do you sound like and, oliver and... twist when you talk <laughs> I like the idea that he's supposed to be so goddamn posh, but he's just like, Oi, oi! It's me, Clive Reston! <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, Where was so, yeah. your mom from? Jesus! <laughs> <laughs> was she killed by Jack the Ripper? <laughs> me mum was, chi- was a chimney sweep from Victorian London! Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, number four is Reston, lo- Reston loses the woman he loves again because <laughs> fuck you Reston and you know what fuck you Reston further because I'm not even positive that he actually does love that woman he's just pissed that somebody else gets a woman that he used to like Yeah, like he's just a you know dick what I, you, know, you know what I would love to find out is that Reston is not actually related to anybody that he's just some asshole and he's just like you know my great 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 grandfather was Genghis Khan and they're just like no way and he's like yep and you know who my cousin is and they're just like who Batman (laughs) and and it's like he doesn't even exist in this universe but he's my cousin (laughs) look yeah, uh, number three is the Shang Chi Razor Fight or Razor Fist fight, uh, because Razor Fist sucks, but Shang Chi handles him well, and the fight is well choreographed. Uh, number two, this was a good week for women. Uh, Misty and Colleen both acquitted themselves well in Iron Fist this week. Uh, Colleen, because she, you know, she's sparring with Iron Fist and she's just like, fucking, fucking fight me, asshole. Yeah. And, um, Misty, because she's just awesome in, in, uh, Iron Fist number one. Uh, so yeah. Number one is, like you said, Jane. Uh, she has agency. She she tell rather than just being like, but Thor, I want you here with me. She's like, look, you need to go. Yeah, see about it's your dad. so like, much of a mature character moment for any character to do when it's like it, it, any character who's like in a relationship to be like, you're not here right now. I need you to be here. So you have to go do the thing that you're thinking about so that when you come back, you can be here. Like, right. I, it's, 
Because if she were to demand... Like, I think she under... Finally, like, we've got a character who understands that if they just start demanding things... Like, MJ didn't do this. Uh, MJ's getting lied to, so... That's a whole other deal. I shouldn't have invoked it. But, like... uh, Jane... It, yeah, does react to Thor Donald's, like, despair, despondency yeah. in a much better way, which is, okay. She sees she sees he's upset, and rather than being like, hey, love connection is on, why don't you come watch? Yeah. I'll make some popcorn. She's just like, look, you, you're upset about your dad. I understand. You need to go find out what happened to him. And it's very well handled, and I really, really like it. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, that is it uh, for this go-round. Um, we uh, we have some more Thor next week. Uh, I forget what else. But, yeah. Mm. <laughs> more Thor. Yeah, it's mm. more Thor. Champions maybe next week? No, Champions is Champions is down the line. Way uh, far that's off. Several several weeks away. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, I think it's mostly Thor and Defenders. Maybe Defenders. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, we'll finish up this storyline next week at least. Uh, so, in the meantime. Uh, like us on Facebook, follow us both individually and at WatchersGuideMU. Email us at WatchersGuide@gmail.com and uh, visit our webpage at WatchersGuide. Or I'm sorry, did I email us at WatchersGuide@gmail.com and like go to our website at WatchersGuide.com? I think I got that turned around. That is it for us this week. Have a marvelous week. Bye.